Welcome back, true believers, to another episode of the Not Funny Guys Presents Off the Reels, the internet's number one podcast on public library recommendations on hidden civilizations. They're out there. You just have to know where to look. This is episode 86, and today we're excited to talk to you, the listener, about the MCU's Black Panther Wakanda Forever. We're willing to ask the tough question, where do they actually bury bodies in Wakanda? We're your favorite narrative wells, not funny guys. I am your host, Casey Sheets Franklin, and I'm joined by my two co-hosts, the other members of the not funny guys, Dr. John Bucky's Evans and Eric Wawa Linebarger. With all that out of the way, we would like to remind you that if it doesn't say not funny, guys, then you're listening to the wrong podcast. So just turn it off right now and come over to us. Come to the dark side of the ball. If they can hear this, then... Gentlemen, hello. <laughs> if they can hear that request, I'm pretty sure that that means they're listening to the right podcast. I think you're looking for <laughs> I the... Ch- I think where the bodies go is something called a necropolis. <laughs> by the, by the way... Dis- we're going to discuss this when we get to the movie, but I legitimately asked myself while watching it, where do they take the bodies? I th- I think it's cremation. I think that's kind of like their their you know their furnace, if you will. Uh, it maybe that, that no, it's sense. a necropolis. It's the city of the dead. Oh, it's in the comic books too. Wow, but they way don't to, put way it in to the ruin movie. everything. Since they don't put it in the movie, <laughs> it's, it's a legitimate question. Fair enough. Fair. But it's, it's also legit- yeah, they should they should address it. We we really want to follow the death. I feel like <laughs> they halfway address it, which is awkward in the movie. All right, I'm just gonna say it. I, there's the one scene with the queen where Shuri is there, and it seems like they bury them in a forest. This is like the least respectful way to talk about the opening of the extremely respectful opening of Wakanda Forever. True. <laughs> I, I, I'm actually talking about this moment about further in the movie. Uh, not the opening. We'll talk about the can, can I? Can I, before we get to the movie, go for it quick. Your nicknames for us. What was I? Wawa this time? And, and yeah, Evans your was Wawa. What? Evans Buckies. was what? Bucky's? Bucky's. Oh, okay. I get it now. I, get it. I thought you were just yeah, being he's talking lazy, about his horrible road trip. Is what you're yeah, I thought you were just like, being Buckies. lazy with noises from your road trip. <laughs> I don't have time. <laughs> there goes our Texas audience. <laughs> I know. No, I am determined no. to find Texas. out what is wrong with Bucky's. Look, look, shut up, Casey. Texas, come right back because Bucky's is amazing. I will go to every single Bucky's. I want to do a Bucky's world tour. Sheets. Texas, Bucky's, contact me. I'm here for you. Sheets all the way. <laughs> Sheets. Else with the difference. I, I love some sheets as well. Yeah, I do. I, I'm gonna. I am determined to know what is wrong with Bucky's. Look, all they I'm saying, have great. I, uh, like the cashews, the ones that are like carameled over. Oh, geez, so much jerky, so much. Yeah, pork. I hate jerky. So I want to say, or a we horrible all, person. We all thought Chick Fil A was the best, and then we learned their dark secret. So, <laughs> what is Bucky's dark secret? That's what I want to know. Oh, it I don't human think it's sacrifice. Yeah, <laughs> it's made out to... of people. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Bucky's conspiracy cast. When we saw the sign, because they they had like the sign of this is what we pay and all this, I was like, that's not that's unsustainable. And what are they doing to the local economy? Because the one that I went into had so many employees. You, if you're paying them all what that sign says you are paying them all, you're gonna run into a problem. At some point in time, because what, if that company is a publicly traded company, they're going to have to keep making money and to keep making money at the prices you pay your employees, which good for you. If you really pay it, I'll give you all the props if you actually pay it. 
But eventually, that place gets poo-poo business. I will tell what? you that. Where they did do not want to that. that literally, from? let me tell you <laughs> where you were. Okay, well, no, no, you were the one in South Carolina. I know the one you went to. That is the turnoff to go to Myrtle Beach, right there. Yeah, it's a rough one. So that is the intersection of all of that. That is where the majority of traffic off I ninety five going to Myrtle Beach comes through. So they don't have a problem Everyone with any of that. Their shirts are almost Disney prices. <laughs> Yes, tell us about how you went to Disney World for two weeks. Let everybody know about that. Yeah, let, let's talk about Bucky's the capitalism of Bucky's, but let's talk about Disney World. <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There, I'm going to figure out what is wrong with Bucky's. I'm waiting for John Oliver to do the expose where we find out that there's the jerky is actually dead people. I'm sure they something. like donate to Republicans or something like that. You know, there, there's probably that. I mean, let's be honest. It's basically Walmart with a gas station i know there's also, and that's there's also one get, there's also one there's one in and alabama Port. too off i-20 there's one in, in uh there's Georgia one off in I-75. look i i know almost all of them off the east coast i've been to the one in south carolina i've been i think the two in florida i've been to the one in georgia i'm looking for them all people Wait, there's, one in georgia? there's another one in georgia i know one's opening in there's tennessee one... Well, there's going to be one in Ruston. So, Eric, when you go to Ruston, I can give you some good locations to go to. I'm not going to Ruston. Who's going to? No one goes to Ruston. There's going to be a Bucky's there, which I want to know how's it going to destroy the economy. Yeah, because there's nothing else. That's why Bucky's has to like take up a huge track of land. Maybe we should get back on track before I have to cut this whole section. (laughs) I I warned everyone this was the new Bucky's podcast. I'm I'm here to defend Bucky's, so I think they get both sides on this. uh, I will only defend one Bucky. And that's the Bucky who's playing Trump in an IMDb or in a in a movie. I will defend Bucky Barnes. Did you did you know that? What's his name? Um, What's the actor's name? Real quick. Um, um, I can't think of his name. Someone quick. Sebastian Uh, Stan. Yes. Really? Playing Trump. Yeah. What? Did you not know this? No. No. Yeah. There's a. That's him. There's the first photo of him playing young Trump in The Apprentice. It's not horrible. (laughs) It's natural skin tones. Look at that. Before his makeup days, yeah, but I feel, now, I feel uh, like I'm a little upset that that's a sandwich and not a Big Mac. You know, like I feel like it's not <laughs> not true character work in that case. It's not. Tr- he's also a little bit too thin. Where's the Where's the Diet Coke? Where's the waddle? You know, that's. that's I forgot who the rest of them. Um, who's in? Why it? does he have a metal arm? <laughs> where's his metal arm? Um, the rest of the cast. This is related to uh, what we do. Uh, sure. The so the rest of the cast is nuts. Um, Maria Bakalova is uh, is Ivana. Jeremy Strong is playing Roy Cohen, or Roy Cohn. Wait, is Maria the the woman from uh, Borat too? Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that makes sense. She's actually good casting. She's gonna do great in that fucking role. She's gonna do. She already knows Rudy Giuliani. She does. (laughs) She's been doing. She's playing Melania or Ivanka or Ivana. Ivana, his first wife. Yeah. Yeah. And Jeremy Strong, I mean, come on, this is going to be. I, look, I'm I'm currently working on a book, so I know way too much about yeah, this man's history. Okay. Speaking Jeremy of this Strong's man's... like an intense actor. I heard he an is. interview with him. So like, Eric, that makes did sense. you finish? Roy Cohn. He'd be make sure. Did he... you finish um, the show? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that it was happens. fucking. It was fucking. Man, it's like it's a Shakespearean tragedy. That's really it what is. it is. Yeah, it's King it is. Lear. So well. it's yeah, King I mean, Lear. I think they said that always. John, have yeah. you watched it yet? I've seen parts of it. I didn't. I King canceled Lear. my. I look. I canceled my HBO King subscription. Lear ends in a happier setting than that. <laughs> <laughs> Man, 
it. It's so good. It's so good. The ap- Eric, that episode on the plane broke me. It was that was really well done. I don't like. I, I had a hard time have... finishing it after that because a that was such a good episode and b I was welcome like, to the Succession podcast. We're your, I yeah, am your. Host. I know we got we got to move on. <laughs> but that one, I watched that episode. The plane episode was right after Dad's funeral. Oh, yeah. and so like I get home and we're like well, everything happens. We're in the apartment and I sit down. I'm like I just want to relax and not think of the world. I'm Speaking watch the as session. a, and then that happened. And I'm like crying. And I'm like. My God, why? Like, I just don't understand emotions. <laughs> hey, speaking of a segue, did you see of of a Culkin brother? Did you see Macaulay got a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame? Did you see who gave him his star? Yeah, it's his mom from Home Alone. His mom from Home and Alone. And you know how he signed off? Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. Yes, <laughs> that's great. Ooh, well that's done. Great. Well done. I hope, I hope they are your new folks. There is your geekly news right there. I hope There's they offer that. Us geekly, yeah. I hope they offer that to him back in like June, and he's like, "Let's wait till December. I've got a line Just, that I, I want to use. <laughs> it has to be December. <laughs> I don't want to give my speech until December." Sure. <laughs> so, how was y'all's? Um, how was the past three weeks? I mean, how how was your week? I you mean, month. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, it's we, since we got there was an episode last week. Last week, yes, there was. Week, week. <laughs> how was there y'all's? Was. Uh, Good. Hey, speaking of which, if you listen to the most recent episode of Why, um, I actually came around to a much more um greater uh improvement and feeling about Thor Love and Thunder than from the uh episode, and I actually changed my ranking on Letterbox to reflect it. Wow. Um yeah, no, I really stumbled upon the I stumbled upon the concept of you know thinking about Thor Love and Thunder as a meditation on love and really kind of was like, you know what? I was wrong. So it's good of you to admit that you're wrong now. Can you correct your your last movie? I did. The no. World of Love and Thunder is the Sin City. Of, no, uh, <laughs> excuse me, excuse me. I'm sorry, I can't let drop this one. The last movie you need to oh, correct. Not that Doctor <laughs> Strange. <laughs> no, never. <laughs> you need to acknowledge what Eric and I have acknowledged. Man, thing is worse. Man, thing is far worse. Far worse. Uh, when you if I could that, rank, if I could rank them together, they would be the worst. But it is second to last. They have the same star ranking. No, I take that back. You're right. Morbius is the uh, second to last. Never mind. Morbius snuck uh, in there. So I've I've been back from a three week vacation, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. I uh, I went on a cruise <clears throat> and it was exciting and um I didn't die. Um I went to the parks and I did not die. Um, I buy parks. I mean, I went to a lot of theme parks. I went to Peppa Pig. Did you go all to Bush Disney Worlds? No. Um, we did Peppa Pig, Walt Disney World, <laughs> Animal Kingdom, Epcot, um, Hollywood Studios, Universal, and Islands of Adventure. Where was that random roller oh, and coaster Blizzard video Beach. you sent? That random roller coaster video you sent looked like it was Bush Gardens. It was Which very... roller coaster? Oh, there were like it was you. Just, there was no context. You just sent a video of like a roller coaster for a minute. Oh, it was probably Tron. That was probably the Tron. No, 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 no. It was in the woods. In the woods. That's why I thought like Bush Gardens. Huh. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what Eric's talking about. He might be on something. He uh, was on the uh, Florida man uh, bath salts. <laughs> while he was oh, I know. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> he forgot everything. No, you're. I, I see the video. You're, you're about, that was them, the Velocicoaster. Oh. And um, Islands of Adventure, the Jurassic oh. Park one. Um, but it was it was a fun time. Um, but I did not see any celebrities or anything, and. Um, it was a very busy vacation so that was my uh my time john what did you do 
Uh, work. Work, generally speaking. Oh, Eric, I tried a trivia. This relates to this podcast very specifically. I tried a trivia thing while I was on the cruise ship. Yeah, how'd it go? I lost. Okay. It happens. (laughs) Can't win them I um I should have won and so it was a um who was the biggest Marvel fan Ooh. cruise uh, uh, trivia thing and um I was on it and they started off with they asked everyone questions and you hold up something and if you got wrong you had to sit down and then uh, we we whittled down to like uh, twelve and then they whittled it down to I think it was three um pretty quickly um anywho the um. I did great. Rachel actually did good too. She made we both made it through the first round. We're in the second round. She got out with the first question. What is the green species called in Secret Invasion? Um and uh, yeah, she missed it. Um her answer was sad face. Um <laughs> going through and go a couple questions. But then they asked a question and they they um, the question was who is Black Panther? And so they asked the question, and the girl next to me goes, I need a clarification. Do we mean the character or the actor? Good question. And I'm like, that's a good question. The guy's yeah. like, well, it's going to be the character. And so well, after she said that, I couldn't think of the character. Chala? I couldn't think of it. All I could think of was T'Chaka. Oh, it's Which, father. yes, I do realize that technically, by a technicality, I would have won. But that would not have been what they wanted. They wanted T'Challa. So I got out. Um, and then I see they should have made it even more clarification because there's a whole new Black Panther as we're about. To I I know I know. So then um, I'm sitting there, and then every question afterwards, I get them all, and I even got the question no one could get. There was like, what is the name of the place that uh, the prison that the Guardians are in in the first movie, and no Kilm. one could answer it. And um, they were like, who can do it? And I just yelled out the Kelm, and then the guy, the host was like, why aren't you up here? And I'm like, I know, I know. Um, I, was. <laughs> I, I was i was and i got crying. out um the last thing was they showed they flashed up video uh, they flashed up images of marvel characters from the comic books tv shows and movies and you had to name as many as you could in 30 seconds mm-hmm. and on the first one i named every single character i'm just sitting there next to rachel's like oh that's this character that's blah 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 everyone split second the second one i missed one it was some random spider-man character i'd never even seen before um, so I would have won, but I got down on a tech, you know, on a weird thing. Anyway, I lost. I was first place loser. So, first but I know loser. that I, <laughs> I should have won. The one person who won was a girl from Austin, Texas. A woman from Austin, Texas. I should say. I shouldn't say girl. A woman from Austin. Probably, Texas. probably a huge Bucky's fan. <laughs> Just lost all respect. So for. there it goes. Circle, he circles it back. He circles it back. There you Fuck go, folks. Her. Good night, everybody. We will not be here from Eric for the rest of the podcast, folks. (laughs) Nope, Eric has just been booted from the podcast. He is gone. Um, Thankfully, I can do that. So let's um. So uh, us geekly, real fast. You brought up. I'll mention the one news thing that I'm going to mention. They did cast Mr. Fantastic. Daddy is playing Mr. Fantastic. So we're just going to leave it there. It's Daddy. So, we hope you know who that is, folks. If, if you don't, don't know who up. Daddy is, I want you to just go online and type in Mr. Fantastic Daddy. Okay, well, and, let, me, uh, let me help you with a hint. Okay, <laughs> so no, he no, was, no, 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 no. He was talking about Oscar Isaac, and he goes, who's the bigger daddy? And he says, well, he has kids, so he is a daddy, but you know what? I'm your daddy. There you go. That's your only hint. It's your only hint. But type in Mr. Fantastic Daddy, and you're welcome. <laughs> 
make sure your parents aren't in the room. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I actually don't know what that would pull up. So someone really do that and then let me know what it would actually do. Eric, look that up for me. Fuck that. I'm not running my algorithm. <laughs> all right. So um, I was gone and a lot of shit happened. Um, I didn't have time to go through all of it. That was the only thing I just wanted to mention because I was very excited. But what I will do is um, I looked up a ton of trailers that came out and we just watched them all. I made them suffer through them all. So very quickly, I'm just going to I'm going to call off the movie or the TV show and you can expound on it if you want to, but just tell me, watch or pass, you know, or excited or pass. Let's do excited or pass okay. or meh. So okay. meh will be middle. So excited, okay. you know, meh or pass. Um, all right. First one is the Fallout TV show. Meh. Yeah, thumbs up. I'll watch it. I'm excited for that one. Um, next up, we're going to do a movie. The movie is... My thing about Kong X, uh, sorry, Godzilla X Kong, the new empire. No, meh, no, <laughs> meh, meh. I'll watch yeah. it on, I'll watch it streaming. I'll watch it that on. Looked too, that looked weird. <laughs> it did look weird. Yeah, it does look good. No. <laughs> it did not look good. I'm not going to uh, enjoy watching it. <laughs> I'll watch it over your dead body. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Um, this one I'm gonna apparently have to click on because um, Furiosa. What it is? Is this one Furiosa? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Furiosa. I'm meh. Meh. Eric. I'm not that big of a Mad Max person, so I'm kind of in the same bucket as John here, where it's like it looks good, but I could care less about the world. I wrote down the order, Casey. Don't worry. Oh, good, good. Um, meh for me as well. I actually really like the last one, but meh. I don't. I don't know. Something looks off on the trailer. I don't understand. Um, all right, Madam Web. Please no. No. Says you're you're a pass. I'm a hard pass, pass on this one. I am good, sick good, and tired good. of this Sony strategy of trying to make movies that are quote unquote in a spider-verse with no Spider-Man. I'm because so ultimately what's gonna happen is this could be a good movie if it was something else, but because it's related to Spider-Man when they don't really have a Spider-Man, it's gonna be a massive flop. Eric, what are you? Well, I'm not that hard to pass. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I'm probably a pass. He's there for Dakota like, Johnson. Okay, let's be honest. I'm a, um, I, I'm a pass until it comes to like streaming, and then we're until we like until we have to watch it. Episode. Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. Episode, yeah. So we have to watch because like it'll be it'll be like Morbius, where it's like I never <laughs> intended to watch it. But I, sure, I'm so I'll, I'll I'm so through. glad you brought that up. Do you know what the connection is between the two movies? Morbius. Uh huh. Like Jared Leto? No, no. Oh. I mean, yes, that movie, but he's not the connection. What John, is... do you know the connection? Is it Ben Parker? No, it's really? the same writers. Oh my God. That's <laughs> Morbius? Yes, the okay. same writer. This movie is going to be trash. <laughs> Never mind. Did they, did, they, did they just like write both and they bought both at the same time and now they're like, well, we got it. We can't do another. Battle. Sony's trying to milk the, the <laughs> Spider-Man franchise for everything it's worth. Apparently, so I first, I hope, I hope, I don't know if it's true, but I really hope that the Craven one is also written by these guys, so I can be like, your thread is you just want to do movies about the jungle, because Morbius starts in the jungle. This trailer implies she gets her powers in the jungle. Craven's going to be about the jungle. They just have an <laughs> obsession with the jungle. It's the jungle kink. I uh, they need to go work for Kong. <laughs> they they Godzilla. Were, these these is the guys who were rejected from the Kong Island movie, weren't they? This is what this is. 
I don't right. know, but now that you've mentioned that, I'm as hard of a pass as John was. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I look forward to when we watch this movie as part of the podcast. Um, I am I am I'm not a hard pass on it. I'm a man, but here's my why. Here's my why. I know, I know I, what your why is. Other than Maddie Franklin, the character, my my reason I'm mad is I love a train wreck, and this is gonna be <laughs> yeah, you a do train wreck. And I look forward to watching how gloriously awful this is. Of course you do. So, well, um, also, the book what, of Clarence. What, what, was, oh, the, um, what oh, was the character you saw that you made us do the, like, screenshot Spider-Woman. Of. He's one of Spider-Woman. So with, the, with, the, with the legs. Yes, so that's Maddie Franklin, Spider-Woman. Oh, okay, okay. I'm pretty sure her name is Maddie Franklin. I'm going to fact check myself real quick. But I think her name is Maddie Franklin. Gotcha. Um, but she, it's, uh, there's multiple Spider-Women in it. Um, there's yes. Julia Carpenter, um... Who's the other one, John? The one that was the I don't the remember. Uh, whatever. Anyway, there was another. I haven't one. bothered to look into it because I'm not really. <laughs> it's they're doing multiple. Um, yes, and I don't have a. Multiple. That's not my problem. That is. I know. Not, I it's know. everything else I said <laughs> that's my problem. I know, but um, it is Maddie Franklin. That is that is her name. Okay. Um, All right. So All right. I was pretty sure I was right. Anyway, I'm excited to see her. I loved her book, but I wish she was in a better movie. Anyway, Book mm-hmm. of Clarence. Oh, I'm a hard yes. Yeah. That's a yeah, weird yes. way to put it. I mean, yes. <laughs> well, I'm going to be honest. The James McAvoy He's element hard of it. Hard yes. Hey, hey, hey. The, the, the James McAvoy <laughs> element of it really was like, all right, yeah. So I'm not going to lie. I was very confused through most of the trailer because it was just kind of coming at you fast. And we had just sat through all the TV trailers that we're, <laughs> we're going to hit here. And Kong and Madam Web. Yeah, we just watched Madam Web. <laughs> and Furiosa. So, like, at this point, things have been flying at my face. The book of Clarence looks hilarious. I love uh, the actor. I can't think of his name right now. Um, not James McAvoy, um, the guy who hey, was on like Atlanta. I do like James McAvoy. But yeah. anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely a yes for that one. Looks good. I'm, I'm a yes. Looks but... fun. Looks fun enough to... I probably won't see it in theaters. I just rarely see anything in theaters, but... Same. I definitely want to see it. It, it. I would. I would definitely make sure to to catch that on Max or whenever it comes out. Whatever. Too. Halo season two. There was a <laughs> season one. Yeah, I know. That's, that's exactly the answer. That's, that that's the my answer. thought as well. I that's think we're answer. all in unanimous. Yeah, <laughs> that's 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 the answer. That's the answer. What channel is that even on? <laughs> Paramount Plus. Okay. It's Ted. That. I'd watch it. I thought no going into this, and then the trailer made me a yeah. I'll watch I'm, it. I'm, I'm personally, I'm personally, I'm personally, I'm personally, your your hard one for this one. I'm, I'm a furry. Oh, I'm a furry of this. In thing. the name of Ted, I, he's a hard. Yes. I, I like, I like, I like the selling point about his virginity is like, look, fresh penis for sale. <laughs> the fact that they're speaking not, of hard yes, the fact that they're not, uh, they're not pulling punches makes me so happy. And yeah. I would have been confused, but Peacock. because I'm. Because we're watching um, Poker Face, and Poker Face does not pull its punches with language. I'm excited for it. Have you seen Twisted Metal yet at all? No, I'm going to watch it. You got to. I will. Oh, don't worry. It's fun. I will. Anyone who Uh, likes Fast and Furious, you'll like like Twisted Metal. John, it's right up your alley. Yes. It is right up your alley. No. Um, This Dune Part 2. Yep. Very, Very excited about this one. John has popped like 12 little blue pills and he's like, I am ready. <laughs> Eric, yeah, are you ready? You. Are you ready for a dune? Dune. What's a dune? Dune. <laughs> <laughs> there was a I dune looked, part one. 
John, I think I'm looking forward to a, I'm looking forward to a fandom that's less toxic than most. John, I think you are looking as forward um, to our Dune watch with Eric as I am. We'll start with Jaredovsky's Doom, and then what? we'll then we'll do. I mean, that's original... just a documentary that never got made, Casey. I know, I know. It's and then we'll then we'll that's let the one Eric to start watch with. the one that never then, got made. Then we'll watch. Then we'll make him watch the David Lynch. Directors Ooh. are um, theater, which is probably touch. referenced in the documentary. So maybe I should see that first. No, no, I don't no, really no. actually touch on the David Lynch one that much. I'll tell you one thing about the David Lynch one. David Lynch one was designed and written so that uh, white people would feel better about themselves. Yep, that's works. what it was written no, it for. Doesn't. I mean, it was really written um, for that. And to see Sting. Hmm. Sure. Yeah, whatever. You'll get that reference <laughs> one day. Merry little, uh, merry little Batman. Fuck yes, I'm all yeah, in. Yeah, that's fun. That's funny. Fuck yes, it's got David Hornsby as Joker, which I love. David Hornsby. He's um, who's David Hornsby? He's Cricket on uh Always Sunny in Philadelphia. He's I don't watch that show. Yes, yeah, on um oh oh I can't think of the video game show on Apple TV Plus. Yeah, I don't watch that show. Um, well, they're both good. Okay. Um, next up we got um House of Dragons. Oh, I'm a pass on Merry Little Batman. By the way, what? Um, House of Dragons? Really? <laughs> Damn. I don't. I, I don't I, like. I, the where art were you, style. John? I didn't hear you on. I was where for it. Okay. Like yeah, a for it. I, I don't like the art style. It, okay. It's off. Put it to me. He doesn't like the Ren Stimpy. He doesn't, like, he, he doesn't like the Ren Stimpy look. Yeah, Actually, it looks more like Mad Mag or not Mad. Uh, Mad Magazine. Oh. Yeah, a little bit. It looks like Mad Mag. Anyway, um, House of Dragon season two. Yeah. 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 I'm a meh. <laughs> That's fair enough. Because the first season didn't 100% catch me as much as I wanted it to. I'll obviously watch it and hope that it gets better. Maybe there's that hook. Well, it's going to get way more The first season violent. hooked me at the end. The first season hooked me to like the last two or three episodes. Oh, that last episode is like, it's when oh. everything falls off the edge. It's like, mm-hmm. no, we're not coming back from this now. Like, oh, I guess I got to watch this now. <laughs> yeah. What if season two? Oh, yeah. Uh, another fuck yeah. Yeah, definitely. This one. I took I, I took I took John's John passed me this cup of punch and I drank it like this tastes a little weird. I'm like, whoa, now I have a hard watch on this one. <laughs> to me, to me, this trailer makes these episodes look better than what I felt season one was. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it'll live up to that, but because I remember being really this would have been part one, of season so. one. Well, certainly, yeah, because they split. They decided to just break it completely. Yeah, they broke it and split it. It I'm excited though, nonetheless. I love, I love the what ifs, and I like that. Like some of the stuff is kind of coming through Mm -hmm. in the movie world, even if they're not referencing Mm -hmm. what if. Yeah, you know, they're they're kind of bringing the character. It's connected to the multiverse stuff, so yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, what they're um, the Gamora from the um, the first one. She's coming from an episode of this. That's where, like, it would have been one and thing. Tony, I don't know how right? it would work. I don't out. think was Tony in. Yeah, he's in, he's in that he's yeah, in that he's world. In. Yeah. Um, Ghostbusters: Frozen Empire. I'm a possible on that one. I guess I need to go watch the one before it. To have it. I'm a fuck. Yeah, I'm a fuck. Same. Yeah, because of the first one before it. Okay. I'm in the really? same boat as John here. I haven't seen the first one. I remember wanting to the see third. the third. It's the third movie. The third. Yeah, yeah, it's the fourth Ghostbusters movie, but it's the third in this storyline. Right. Yeah. And so I remember one, wanting to see to Ghostbusters that. two. So this yeah. is Ghostbusters four, which is movie five. Whatever. Let's not no. confuse people. No, it's Ghost. <laughs> yes. It's Ghostbusters four, but movie three. It's no, not movie, movie five. five. Stop. Oh, sorry. Sorry. You're right. Sorry. No, this is this is movie five, <laughs> but movie four. Sorry. It's five before. 
It's the fifth movie, but it's actually the fourth in the storyline. Wait, Next on week first? on the podcast, we're going to discuss <laughs> multiverse. We're going to talk about the Rambo movies and why was Rambo 2 First Blood part? Well, we could talk Indiana Jones in the chronological order of that and really <laughs> mess with people's head. And since people didn't know that the actual order is Temple of Doom, Raiders of the Lost Ark, um, Lazarus said. <clears throat> anyway, it's the fifth movie, fourth one. Avatar The Last Airbender. Eh, no. I never got into Air- Avatar Airbender, so. Same, no. I'm excited. The trailer looks, looks good. good. Looks good, like for. I'm not saying it doesn't look bad. I'm just yeah. saying I just. Eh. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, next movie. This is a good direct to TV, so it's not a movie theater, but direct to TV or direct to D- digital DVD. Sorry, Justice League: Crisis on Infinite Earths Part One. Of See, three. I was I was okay with it until it said Part One, and then you said of three, and then I was like, um, I'll wait till all three are out. Yeah, I have a feeling they're going to do the three. I have a feeling they're going to do first crisis, then infinite crisis, and then final crisis. Oh, God. I have a feeling that's what they're doing. Eric, where are you on this? Nah, I'm good. I am a man, but I will watch it. John's wife will watch it because it's got Jensen Ackles in it. That's All right. Not, and then the big that's one. how I got her into the boys. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I know. That, I'm just leaving. Um, the last one. This is the big daddy of them all. The one that no one could hold their excitement for, and someone had to let it out a little early. They got a little premature. <laughs> got a little hard yes going. <laughs> a this hard is, maybe is what happened there. This is not a movie or TV show, but God damn it, it's going to feel like it it's when we are playing <laughs> it. Grand Theft Auto 6. It has been, what, 12 years since Fuck the last yeah. one? Yeah, that sounds yeah. right. Yeah, we still have to wait two years for this. You know that. That's the yeah. right. Trailer two years away. Like, well, and knowing them, they will put it out in like December of twenty five. I know that's why I'm giving it the full two years. By that point, I might have a PS five. You never know. <laughs> you might have a PS five. Um, Grand Theft Auto five. When do you think that came out? What's your year Gosh. right now? I got I got the year right here. Since I played it originally on the three. Since 11, I played origi- I played it originally on the PS three. I want to say two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Wow, 2013. Damn. Okay, let's do it. Okay. Yeah. I still played it on PS3 and then moved on to PS4. So I've played it on all the um, three of those consoles. So yeah, yeah. Braggy. I know. Well, Eric has two technically. He's just like played that like all night before the uh, my my bachelor party. (laughs) I'm pretty sure we did. I'm pretty sure we did play that. All right, well, that is um, that is the stuff. So those are some trailers. So let us um, jump to a movie, shall we? A oh. movie that one of us may or may not have watched, Eric. Black Panther, Wakanda well, Forever, <laughs> 2022. This is two hours and 41 minutes of pure joy. By joy, I mean tears. Yes. Directed by Ryan Coogler. He returned for it. Um, he also wrote it with a Joe Robert Cole. Um, the music, I just want to get the musician. Where's oh, here we go? Casting crew. Here we go. Boom, 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 boom. Ladies and gentlemen, normally I have this written down, but today was a weird day. Um, Ludwig Goranson, so returned yeah. to do this. And then um the cast. So I just want to it's the same cast we're used to. Um Loretta Wright as Shuri, um Lupita Young as Nakia, Daniel Guria Guria. I never can pronounce her name. Um, as Okoye, Winston Duke chewing up the scenery as M'Baku. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
God, Angela I, Bassett as Ramonda. I hope we get his his movie at some point. Me too. Oh, him and Wong. Can you imagine the him and Wong movie? Oh, it's like a love triangle with Madison. Oh, <laughs> now that's what I want. <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, Herrera. Herrera. Oh, I'm so horrible with names. I'm so sorry. Um, as Namor, Martin Freeman as Everett, Julie Louis-Dreyfus returning as Valentina, um, Allegra de Fontaine. Um, but the one I want to really mention, um, I'm going to leave that one for when we spoil it uh, but i want to mention uh uh how do eric how do you pronounce her name dominique thorne. i want to say dominique thorne that's what i would say yeah, yeah she is great as, Riri, as Riri oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah she is great you know, she actually auditioned originally to play shuri oh, and nice. didn't get cast and so they brought her back in because they liked her she's our um, new tony stark she is, and they keep pushing her show. Her show was supposed to come out this year, then it got pushed to next year. Now rumors are it's actually getting pushed to twenty twenty five. I'd like to one see that one. I'd like show. to see that one tied in with Armor Wars, though. There, it's supposed to be tied okay, in. Okay, good, good, Wars. good. I, I'd like to uh, see that because I think that would be a great way to sew some things together. And they're also introducing magic with her, like a different type of magic than Doctor Strange magic. They're introducing like supernaturally type of magic um, because they're going to the villain is the Red Hood and because he has the magical guns. And the rumor is that he's um, this is where a lot of the rumors of um, Bo Rat playing Mephisto comes in because he was on set a lot. And so people think he's playing Mephisto, which would explain where the guns come from. Yeah, that would be a tie in. So oh, it's good. a fun way, and I think that um that that's a good way to bring him in. So it would be tech versus magic, um in oh, there. Nice, I like it. And then obviously it would could lead directly into that's Armor a good theme. That's a good that's a good theme to play on. Yeah, so um I'm looking forward to it. But she she was phenomenal. She, she steals this movie for me. Um, I really loved how they handled Riri. I do get people's complaint. You could take her out, and this movie still works, which is true. Um, you don't but, really yeah, need her. Need it's fun, but um. I thought she was great. Um, so anyway, just wanted to wanted to point her out. So um, yeah, let's talk about a movie, shall we? Let's talk about a movie. Let's talk about it. Sorry, use with it. my with my uh, my cop. Um, the I want to jump to the logo and then we can go back to it. Um, the Marvel logo that is a um, mm. memorial for Chadwick still breaks my heart to watch it's such it's so beautifully done the mm-hmm. fact that there's no music um, yeah and i watched this pre dad's death and post dad's death um because it kind of straddled that mm-hmm. uh, between mm-hmm. the theatrical release and the digital and um obviously this movie hits harder post but that that one scene almost hits the same both like it's so effective and you've feel so sad for having lost Chadwick. He was so good. I think his birthday was like a day or two ago. Um and he would yeah, have been 45. Yeah. Mm. Um it was such a tragic loss for for all of us and the stuff that he um, could have done with his career um and with his life. But um I really like that that opening. I like that Marvel does that for their openings. They did it with Stan and mm-hmm. they did it again mm-hmm. here. Yeah, um that was I, I do like that they that they do that. So I just wanted to start off there. 
I also like that the start of this movie to not to jump for further ahead. No, go, no, go, don't go to it. I think that this addressed the elephant in the room, if you will, right yeah. up front. And I think it's the most respectful way they could have done it, which is to say, A, he was human, right? Yeah. He succumbed to the same things as any other human might have. Yeah. Um, and to say goodbye, right? This was the whole opening of this movie was simply done to say goodbye yeah. from the world of Black Panther for all that he did, obviously through his character in the first movie and then the rest of the MCU that he was part of. Yeah. Um, and it, it, I remember, obviously it's an emotional opening, but it's just a gorgeous opening. And it's, yeah. you kind of walk away from that after that. And it, 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 then it goes to the rest of the story, obviously. And it's such, it's just nice. Like, it's just really well respectful. You kind of mm-hmm. feel a sense of closure almost, you know, I, I did. Well, you're um, going through the stages. You're going through the stages of grief with yeah. with Shiri, and it's like we're going along that journey with her. I mean, yeah, there's yeah. an extra ele- added element for me that there's a reference. Well, I, I think-, think Nakia makes the reference that he was hiding his illness. Black yeah. Panther was, and I'm like, that's what Chadwick like Chad Boseman was doing. Yeah. He wasn't exactly right. hiding it, but he was fighting it the whole time. I, I feel like this but movie think- really blurred the lines of what is Chadwick and what is Chadwick. Yes, you know, I know. Right? I think that was on purpose. And, and I think well done in, in the right way. Yeah. What I what I like about the the funeral service at the beginning, it's a it's obviously it's for T'Challa um mm. and his passing, but it because they show us that there's that one long shot of Chadwick's face. Yeah. That that is for us as the audience members. Um, it is our chance to attend his funeral. Yeah. We are getting to see his funeral and we are getting to say our goodbyes in this moment and watching from the procession to the the quote unquote burial when they take the body up into the ship. I also like that while it's an it. emotional, obviously sad moment, you're supposed to have that feeling, especially with Shuri and her. Yeah. But it's um, joyful too. Right. The whole, the whole town, the yeah. whole, Wakanda, if you will, is in a celebratory mood as if yeah. they celebrate his life versus mourning his death. And I right. really I really enjoy that because while it's obviously emotional, it's right. it's also it it's nice. <laughs> you know, like I don't have to put it. Like it's nice to not feel like just oppressive weight of sadness. It's it's again a moment of closure. Yeah. Um even though obviously the moment will be referenced, it it's a way to say goodbye to that character and that sort mm-hmm. of closure. And I really love that. And in, in a very respectful and fun way. Yeah. Um it's in it's terms it's of the a celebration that is the fun. It's a great scene. Um and I I like leading up to his death with Sherry trying everything she can to stop yeah. the death. And mm-hmm. we never know what it is. They yeah. don't say it's cancer. Our I mean my brain just auto like goes, yeah, so Oh, he's got cancer. But they speak about it as if that's the case, though. You know? Well, that's where we're left. Yeah. It's left open so that we layer on our own interpretation to it, which is what most people are going right. to do is they're going right. to we're going to merge the identity of the character with the actor. Right. And yeah. so I think that is intentionally left vague so that we as the audience are participating yeah. in the in the story itself by in overlaying our feelings and our own thoughts of loss for the actor you know who played the black panther who played t'challa so chadwick it is our way of letting us become a participant in the story 
Mm-hmm. You know, well, also, I think that's I think it's well crafted, but you have that ability. That's it gives us that space. It's an emptiness that we as an audience are able to. You know what it is? Okay, let me mm-hmm. use an example here. This could be kind of comic book nerdy, but it's relevant to this podcast. Most people who know comic books, most of the time, it's laid out in panels. Those are those squares or whatever shapes the images take mm-hmm. place in. The space between them is often referred to as something called the gutter. It's not a very elegant name, but that gutter space is the space between, it can be anything from a split second to a long length of time can be displayed in there. And what the vagueness of that in-between does is it causes you as a reader to take the two separate panels and using the space between them, you are drawing the connection to what makes you a participant in the story. That is the exact same thing that's happening in the scene here. Mm-hmm. Also, there's not a lot of dialogue going on beyond Shuri when the when uh, Queen Ramonda comes in. There's mm-hmm. a silence and you are left to fill in right. that element there. That's that, that's that gutter in between space. We are drawing the connection between what's going on in the story, but we're also drawing the outside connection that we're bringing in that connects Chadwick to T'Challa in our own minds. Yeah. I I like that they don't, they didn't, they didn't recast. They, they, mm-hmm. they took the time to be like, look, he's human. All these characters that you love are human. I um, mean, they allowed a normal disease that could kill anyone. Um, to kill him um, and it's not the first time marvel's done that this is originally marvel did it with captain marvel the original captain marvel yes mm-hmm. they did um they killed him with cancer yeah it's um, kind of a big and, deal back then too yeah it, it was it was the show like hey these characters can die just like you and me uh, which goes so against I the standard trope about how you know most of the time they all from a ryan Coogler, yeah ryan Coogler, the yeah. writer i think he did a good job of kind of snipping the storyline too yeah. And essentially saying, here's how it happened, mm-hmm. right? You don't need the juicy details, but you need to right. know this is what happened because it, it walks us through. She's in the room in the, um, oh, the Trevor Noah I, AI. I can't think of <laughs> yeah. the name. Um, but Actually, like, by the way, I don't want, this is very serious, but I got a chuckle out of that being Trevor right. Noah. <laughs> but he gets a lot more times, screen time in this film. Yeah. Yes, he does. Well, multiple times. Well, now they found out who it is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> multiple times, though, in that opening scene with Shuri. Um, she checks his heart rate, right? She yep. checks mm-hmm. his vitals. So yeah. it's like he's there in a way, and then he's not, yeah. right? And so there's no there's no ambiguity. There's nothing about that. We all they talk about it as a disease. There's mm-hmm. now no way to say T'Challa died fighting killer croc, you know, or something right. like that. There, there's no retconning this. It was Ryan Coogler making sure that this was, you know, the right send-off and a permanent send-off, I think. Yeah. And, you know, Marvel's way of saying this character's gone. We're not going to go and try to marvel this up you know in terms of a this was a superhero's death mm-hmm. nope it just well, let me let me set up something based on what you were just talking sure. about well you said something about the heartbeat i want to point this out because this sets up an important plot point in the story because think about who shuri is at the beginning mm-hmm. and who she was in the first film she's not someone who believes in the traditions she's someone yeah. who believes in science so when her mother walks in and she knows but she still asks the yeah. AI. Yeah. yeah. Because that for her is an important moment. Uh, that is, you, by the way, that's her denial. Yeah. That's her first step. She's still in denial. Yeah. And I think it's important that we come back to this because later, early in the story, at two different intervals, we have the one year later 
mm-hmm. destroying of the morning clothes as yeah. a mo- as a sort of an, an ideal of a, a ritual designed to express the acceptance. Mm-hmm. The morning period is over, life goes on, and how Shuri in the first attempt is incredibly reluctant, yeah, incredibly difficult about it, doesn't want to do it because she is not there yet. She's not even close to mm-hmm. getting there yet. She has to go through the entire film before mm-hmm. she gets anywhere near that. And it's literally, yeah. I think, getting to the end and what happens at the end that finally gets her to that last stage. She's nowhere close to it well, when Ramonda takes her to do that ritual. And of course we meet Namor, but that's but not even, she's not even close yet. I know we're kind of bouncing around here, but I think yeah, there fine. was a, a thing I, I caught too with Ramonda saying when they went out to that thing, she's like, I felt a presence, a wind as if he was there with his hand on my back or something to that effect, pushing me, I think it was. And that's kind of the moment she accepted, you know, if you will, in that stage of grief or whatever, and kind of came to terms and mm-hmm. accepted the new reality as, as is, if you will. And I feel like to to your point where, John, we're at the end of the movie, that's when Shuri takes it. There's a breeze. Like, they make yeah. a good point to purposely put her back in that exact same yes. yeah. instance that Ramonda described herself being in. And I think there's so many full circles in that, that that's mm-hmm. just beautiful writing, right? Yeah. Because not only is it a full circle for Shuri in her larger arc of accepting you know, T'Challa's passing, but it's also a full circle in her kind of aligning herself with her mother's beliefs and teachings and taking on her mother's well, there's words of advice as advice. And there's growth and, and, for her yeah, along exactly. the way, you know, there's, there needs to be a sense of growth. I mean, that's, I think that's part of what happens when you get to that stage of acceptance in the grieving process. It's about you growing further, you know, as right. a person, you're experiencing something that is creating an experience inside of you that you then learn from and move forward and from. And I think a lot, and I think Shuri is like, I think they do a great job, even though we have Namor, even though we have Riri Williams and we have Ironheart, Shuri is remains the focal point of this entire film. She yes. is the running yes. thread that, that drives the story, story because it's, it's her story of grief and anger, you mm-hmm. know? Well, and like, and I think it's very touching when we get to Namor that Namor in a lot of ways is just like Zemo was for Black Panther. Remember in Civil War, yeah. Black Panther said, yeah. I will not let my, because he saw what happened to Iron Man and Captain yeah. America. And he said, I will not let my anger consume me, my rage. And Shuri almost does, mm-hmm. you know? And I think she she ignores some people. And I think one of the ones who sees it coming, I think M'Baku saw it coming. Oh, yeah. And I think he tried to warn her but she she would she didn't oh, see yeah. it. she had to experience it. I well, mean, she every, was going to kill Namor. Everyone in this movie is dealing with grief. The whole mm-hmm. thing is dealing with with grief. Even Namor is all of his actions are still based on grief. The grief of what happened to his mother and his mother dying and how the world treated him. He's like he even takes his name from that. He's like I take the inability I, to I, accept. Yeah, right. Um, everyone's. And, and they're all dealing with it differently. Um, Shuri deals with it differently than Ramonda does, who deals differently with it than Mbaku does, who deals differently with it than Lupita's character does, then how Danny uh, Danielle's um, or Koye deals with it. Everyone is dealing with how the world deals with it. The world's trying to take advantage of them. Everyone's dealing with a, an aspect of, of grief in this. And I think that's what makes this movie so powerful is no matter what, we've all lost someone. 
um, there was a character in this movie who you will relate to because that yes. will be the same way you dealt with things. Yes. You get different um, expressions of it. You're right. We get we get all kinds of different levels of basically, you know, processing grief the way that there is a plurality of how we experience that in yeah. real life. And they all do. They all come out of it at different times. Yes. Baku almost comes out of it the quickest. Like he deals with it almost the quickest. Um, Cause he's like, he basically is like, I'm helping you now. Like I'm going to, I promised that I would help you. Um, now I'm going to help you. Duty. Sure. Here it is. Duty drives yeah. him to move forward. Um, I think Shuri, unfortunately is perhaps the most lost of everybody because Mbaku has duty. Ramonda has du- a duty. Okoye yeah. has duty. That's then taken from her. Yeah. Because of what Queen Ramonda sees her as, you know, almost costing Shuri her life. And so, mm-hmm her loss of her duty forces her into a, a like a depression yeah it sends her down into her own spiraling dealing with because she had something that she latched on to that drove her forward and i mean mm-hmm. i can speak to this from personal experiences i've had my own experiences in life and i can think of not necessarily death but like a hardship you mm-hmm. know and i thought about this rec- uh, this makes me think about this came up when i was watching the film but i was thinking about an experience i had where um i went through a divorce and I was going through the divorce at the same time as another friend. And what was very strange to me was how very differently our experiences were. And when I look back on it, because the other friend kind of their life literally fell apart and they withdrew from everybody. But where I didn't and I realized that I had had a commitment to my Ph.D. And so I had something that was driving me forward, whether I was willing to go or not. It had something that presented me with a sense of obligation that right. gave me something to move forward on that the other person didn't have. And when I look back on it, I was like, oh, okay. And so this, is, this again, to the, speaks to the plurality of how different people are having different reactions. I think, like I said, Shuri is perhaps the most lost because what, what was her thing that drew her forward, which was her scientific abilities, failed her. Well, and it's, it's also why I think she's, the one who takes it the heart well other than it's a brother obviously yes. that's that's a piece of it but um she her science failed saving the one thing she believed in more than anything it's which is science failed her mm-hmm. because she couldn't figure out how to save her brother's life using science she knew what to do she knew she needed the herb but she couldn't make it happen yeah no matter how hard she tried and instead of being there with her brother she was in another room trying to do something else. And I think she was latching onto that grief. And I think that is the real reason why she sees Killmonger yes. in the vision versus seeing her brother is because well, she couldn't, I don't think she could face her brother again. I think, I think, I think was, she had, I think but, she had strayed into a different path. I mean, and you look at Riri Williams, she is a, like a, a mirror Mm-hmm. on shuri in a way she operates in the fit in the area of like she's like shuri she's also had tough experiences like the death of her father the connection mm-hmm. with the car it's not necessarily the centerpiece of what we're looking at but it's there to kind of remind us of a sort of a shadow representation of something akin to what yeah. shuri's experiencing but this person has sort of refound their focus and so i think when shuri looks at her and why i think shuri wanted to sort of bring her and mentor her so much was that she looked at this person as sort of like a a positive reflection of who maybe she used to be mm-hmm. or who she might be again yeah. kind of thing like it was like a glimmer of hope she was holding on to 
So let's um, let's jump forward a little bit um, past the the death and the grieving. Um, although we're going to constantly circle. Yeah, back we to we, it, we, we jumped all over the place. So let's go. Yeah. <laughs> We jumped when we jump to the year um, later. We go to the UN, Ooh. and I love this scene in the UN. It's got Toby Ziegler in it, so of course I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. love this scene. But I love how they bring her in, and everyone's trying to like, like France is like, oh well, you need to give to us. You're hoarding all this. You can make these weapons of mass destruction. And then her speech of like, now it's not. We're not afraid of the weapons of mass destruction. They are. We're afraid of what you will do with it. Because you're the actual, like, pull the trigger weapon. And while all that's happening, I love the how the French people are, the French army is coming in to steal the vibranium. Special forces, the special forces unit. And trying when, to literally when steal. Queen, yeah. And when Queen Ramonda just pulls him in, they're like, here's your guys back. Peace mm-hmm. out, we're out. We'll love that scene so much. Well, it speaks to an incredible distrust among. I mean, there's also another thread running inside this film. It's the distrust between uh, indigenous peoples and those outsiders who tend to be colonizers who show up and who want to steal what they have. Yeah, you know, which was a which was a, a moment of the first movie too. There's a lot. Uh, of, like, I think I think I thought I thought it, I thought it was fascinating. If we could have gotten Spain involved in this sequence a little bit more, we would have had perfect a perfect analogy going on because Spain, I mean, the, the only real appearance by the Spanish comes during Namor's uh, flashbacks about his mother dying, because that's who those people, those priests are. But right. it's interesting that we have the French who didn't have their greatest uh, run in East Asia and other places as well, in terms of being colonizers, mm. which I still love the fact that Shuri uses that term to describe Everett Ross. So. I know. I love I love the end to skip to the end. I love the end when they save Ross and they're like, ah, oh, a colonizer in chains. I've seen everything now. Yeah. Well, they <laughs> turned it into part. like they turned this pejorative into like an endearing term, but yeah. only for him. Yeah, only, only for, for him. him. Only for him. You know. Well, he's also like he is the token white character of these movies. I, I do he's... like that we flipped that script too. Yeah, I do. Especially too. especially it was it was a little bit harder on that in the first one. Mm-hmm. He was definitely the only token. And this one we expand yeah. a little bit, but he still remains like the one guy they still trust, you know? I still say he's still the token. He's the only <laughs> one white guy they trust. They don't trust anyone else. I want to uh, I want to understand how he and Fontaine de la Fontaine were, were ever married. I, that is something I would like to know too. That it's so I want to know the story behind that. Also, that I like that she is now in charge of like all of like the secret. Service. Well, she's in charge of the CIA, which is, means she's his boss, right? But she's like she's, she's basically she's basically becoming she is the female anti Nick Fury. Yeah, she's basically point. climbing the ladder as like a dark yeah. the dark shadow of Nick Fury, basically. So, what do you think her? We've seen her. So, Eric, here's a question for you: What do you think her end game is? Because whenever Ross throws that. Well, imagine what it would be like if we had vibranium. Oh, I dream of it every day. Like, what is her? What do we think her end game is? Because she's clearly up to something, and you can't say thunderbolts. <laughs> Eric, you are on mute, sir. Ah, I think. Um, I think. I think this is where you have the the difference in ambition, right? The ambition of. A Nick Fury versus the ambition of her, which is that I feel like her ambition is to like lead the world, right? <laughs> to to run the country, to to climb power. World domination. Can. Yeah. And whereas Nick Fury was like, I can get all these essentially these 
I can have this power myself, you know, by by proxy at the very least, and doesn't, you know, in a lot of ways. I mean, he he certainly has a lot of influence. It's intention. Know everything, yeah. but he's not looking to lead people, right? I think she wants to rule, you know, if you will. She doesn't want to be veep. She wants to be pres. Let's let's contrast her with her ex husband. Look at what how he behaves and treats the people he interacts with, and look at how she treats them. Think mm-hmm. about when he challenges her about the vibranium. He specifically yeah. says, and she says, "I dream about it." Because if he is the, shall we say, embodiment of the best case scenario of the quote unquote colonizer, she's the worst. Yeah, you know, she's the yeah. devil. If he's the angel on the shoulder, she's the devil. You know, yeah, in a lot Do, of ways. She's do chaotic you, evil. <laughs> I, but I was, I'm glad to say that. Do we think that she is going down like she wants to rule for the dark side or does she want to just be still be good, but be in charge, like be the ultimate ruler? But for, she is yeah. from the comic book. She's the Norman Osborn who became Iron Patriot and oh, formed yeah. his own Dark Avengers. That's what she is. She is that kind of person who's going to form hammer instead of shield. Yeah, that's that kind of person she is. She is someone who is waiting for her opportunity to slide right in and take control. Yeah, I, now, I, I think she's like a little finger, you know, in that oh, way. Yeah, yeah, she's yeah. she's like climbing that. the chaos ladder where she can and playing mm-hmm. the back channels because it's not about being good or bad. I don't think she's ever going to necessarily side with one side or the other. She's going to do whatever's in her best interest. She's an amoral opportunist. Opportunist. Yeah. So spoilers at if obviously spoilers been going out there but... oh yeah spoilers on wakanda forever everyone well no 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 I'm, I'm going i'm throwing out a spoiler for t'challa dies spoiler for a tv show we haven't talked about yet so do we think ross is kidnapped is scrollified in this movie See, I don't I have a hard time with that one, but I don't think he is. I think he is. I don't know. They're actually, there were some moments where he seems to be catching up when someone else says something about his life. Like he's like, oh yeah, that like sort of sort of comments, you know. I don't I think know. He, it's hard, it's so ambiguous. Like they did other not execute leading, that. They, they did not execute that well. No. I yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know he, that that was taken much into account elsewhere anywhere. <laughs> I think he is in the final scene. And the colonizer in chains. Hmm. I think he gets switched when Val has him arrested. That would make the most Cause sense. I because I think Val is working with the scrolls. Is she scroll? I think I don't think she is a scroll, but I think she's using them. Of she's giving yeah. them the help and the opportunity. I think that's how she. I think that's when he because it's the only thing that makes most logical sense. Okay, you know her from the comics, right? And what she does in the comics, to some extent. Yeah. How good is the casting? It's pretty pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Attitude wide, for sure. Or attitude wise, I should say. Um, Definitely better than the uh, David Hasselhoff version. (laughs) You had to go there. You had to go there. (laughs) Yes, I did. So, what do we think of something more happy? The first time we see the um, what would be Atlanteans. But the Tulukanians. I really like this. I mean, I like it. I mean, I like their origin story. Well, not their origin story, but just their first time we see them. Like then when they come uh, up and do the ship and the attack, and then that first little bit of of of, of Namor. Yeah, I thought the helicopter. 
I thought it was pretty risky. You know, I figured they were probably getting some lawsuits from James Cameron. Um, <laughs> you know, re- regarding they, the way they of own their that waters. property. No, they don't. <laughs> they own that property. That's true. They can. They don't have to worry about that nonsense. <laughs> no, they actually their only worry was because of Aquaman. Um, they really this came out really close to after. Yeah, the they didn't they... want to confuse Atlantis because they didn't want to associate with the, that other movie. I like mm. that they changed that, and I honestly like the fact that they played on the siren. I agree. Yeah, that, that was, was such a great. Cool. That's a great touchstone cool. for mythology. Mm-hmm. The idea that they're using the song to draw them off the ship. I was like, oh, now that's a touch. Yeah, I like that. I, I, I like that. I like that. that, 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 that that's their cool. first wave attack. Yeah, you know. Yeah, just get as many as you can right there. Yeah, yeah. I love that they aren't from Atlantis. Personally, I like the change to that. Um, it looks cool. It's visually striking. Is um, is the change in terms of visuals as well? Would we have had a completely different visual no. for Atlantis? Okay. I mean, well, it wouldn't have or been. Or just different name. It would have been different name, and it wouldn't have had the Inca in Spanish. Um, I or gotcha. the South American. Did you catch influence. the... I want to say something about this. There is a subtlety to the fact that every time the Talacons, with the name or attack early on, it's assumed to be the Wakandans. And I keep thinking about how, oh, yeah, all foreigners look alike. Like, I can't yeah, believe that's not that. that is so subtly in there. But it's like it's like saying, oh, yeah, everybody who is Hispanic is a Mexican. Yeah, it's it's an insult. I mean, yeah. it's it's an insult because it means you're too stupid to, to know the difference. And right. of course, that leads us to the whole statement later on when they're in that office and Toby Ziegler's there. Yeah. And they make that comment about their policy with Wakanda and they say destabilization. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you guys are the worst. Yeah. Well, and, 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 and Namor um, plays on that at the end of the yes, movie. He does. Why oh, did you help? So. Because they're the, they are by themselves. And at some point in time, they will need us. And then they will owe us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He sees and the, he sees the benefit that. in bending the knee to them. He basically has become like a, almost like a vassal to them. Mm-hmm. But with the very distinct purpose of that, it serves him ultimately because he is their only ally and they will yeah. be coming. The The outside world is going to continue to come for them, yeah. you know, in a way. And so they will turn to him and he will get what he wants. Yeah. The long this... game for him is he wants to attack the surface world. And when they attack Wakanda and Wakanda has to come to him, it's like the, the alliances will kick in. He'll have all freelance yeah. to go crazy and yeah, do what he wants. Do we think no. this is what um, Black Panther three? Is there a Black Panther three being played? There will be. There's gonna be. A, there'll be a Black Literally. Panther three. Um, I'm sure it will somehow tie in, but I don't. I doubt he would be the main villain. Isn't sure he going through some that. legal uh, concerns of his own? He was, but I think it's been dropped. Okay. okay. I don't think yeah. it actually went anywhere. But I love how they how he plays this character. Like, oh, I do. He's the. I mean, villain, I think the way but he's all. I mean, he's. He's he Namor. He straddles. Yeah, he, he's, he's an anti-hero. He's, exactly. He is the he's the strange character who one moment's your best friend and the next moment will try to kill you. I mean, yeah. he's, he's Namor. I mean, that's always been Namor in the comic books. He yeah. is a very mercurial, unbalanced character who is always mm-hmm. going to serve his own self-interest over yeah. any kind of alliances to anyone else. Yes. Yeah. I mean, and what's, why he's what's one, nice he's about his America's self-interest friend. Is his yeah. self interest as always? I'm prote- I'm just protecting my people. Exactly. That that's all he cares about. That is his driving force is protect my people at all costs. Doesn't matter who gets in my way. 
Did you see how how stoked he was that the Wakandan waters were so clean? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was like, oh, what the? It's what like, are you guys, got, what are you guys doing this. here, man? I want to know this. Yeah. I want uh, to it was, I think it was a... so otherworldly to go to Talacon. Mm-hmm. It was so otherworldly, but yet so fascinating. It was like it was like seeing space, but yet it's underwater, yeah. which is like, you know, it may, you know what it made it made me think of Sequest. Just... <laughs> and he went like there, DSV. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Next week's episode, Sequest. Watch along. Hey, that was a great that was an underrated television show. It's yeah. not um, So jumping, I want to jump to a quick (laughs) little scene um, when after Namor has talked about them and they've got, uh, sorry, after Namor has talked to Queen Ramondi and Shiri and they bring the council together, I just have to point out M'Baku walking into that scene, chewing the scenery with a carrot in his hand. Quite literally, yeah. Chewing (laughs) the carrot. They're vegetarians, remember. Yeah, that's what I thought of when I saw it. I was like, oh, yeah, because he's a villain. I'm going to tell you, M'Baku oh, yeah. is one of those scene stealers in this film. He really chews it up. He and needs they know his it own too. movie. He yeah. needs his own movie. That would be or at least his own show. Yeah, I was about to say, his own show would be great for him. Well, well there's rumors that we're getting a midnight... Well, we were. Who knows what's going on now? But there are rumors we were going to get a Midnight Angel show. And mm-hmm. I could have seen M'Baku being in that. Because he would be know. a really easy one to... Um, it, right it is midnight angels is that what they're called john yeah that's yeah, yeah so the name. i believe that's it um anyway i just had to call that out because it makes me that scene makes me laugh when he's literally chewing the scene as he's chewing it um <laughs> or later so, during the attack when he and his um some of his guys are standing around and they're just commenting on what's going on before them right before the storm breaks you mean the, or the way he fucking takes the, the throne at the end come on <laughs> yeah not spoiler. <laughs> the the worst blue screen shot is that scene you were just talking about, John. I know. In the whole movie. It's so bad. Like I don't understand how it's so bad. Midnight Angel. I must see my note right now. Um yeah, so they the, he all he wants is he wants Riri, because Riri's smart. Yes. Um, how do we think of the MIT stuff and the introduction of Riri? Well, I thought that was fun because the fun part for me is that remember MIT is is Tony Stark's alma mater, so mm-hmm. this makes perfect sense. And I like the fact that she has this sort of self sufficiency, and I also like the fact that she runs ring, rings around the um, the overprivileged white boys. You know, that's always a fun one. You know, fun trope. Yes. Um, um I love she's out there basically being Tony Stark. You know, in her own little yeah. sort of like underclass way. Which makes sense. I mean, it's Iron Man's spot three, Tony on Stark. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see her get introduced to the rest of the characters. Um, man, there's something I want to mention to both of you, and I can't. Um, I'm, Shut up. I'm very um, excited to see. Don't jump ahead. Why would you say this? Why would you? Oh, why would he, tempts say this? he tempts us. He tempts with this? his know. future knowledge. Rude. I know. I don't. It's not intentional. It's just. It's literally the definition. I want to talk to you about things. So let's move forward. Let's move forward to when Um, Shuri has been Shuri and Riri have been taken. Yep. And they're not in Talakan, but they're in this other place, this sort of above ground. Before that, I meant real quick. Riri straight up murders some cops on that bridge. Because they are there, like guns pointed in the, and she's like, "I'm going to clear the path in a second. Okay. I'm going to say and this about you get to see her drawn. Her brilliance is in that 
whole sequence how she times. No, I guess she yeah. knows her math and she literally is able to calculate what she has to do to intercept the drone at a specific point to make sure the trajectory on the way down. Oh, I know. Brilliant. I don't think her Tony physics Stark and calculus st- is fast. like just off the roof, you know. But she still straight up murders those cops. Well, she didn't kill them. The the the, the telecons. Telecons <laughs> murder. No. Those telecons who show up later on the bridge straight up murder. Too. Yeah. Yes, but she does too. She drops a drone on those cars. Yeah. And the cops are right there. Anyway. That's fair. She's straight I'm up. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's it's a good scene. Um, all right, yeah. So they get there. Um they Sherry willingly goes because she needs to save Riri's life. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, Okoye is going to get blamed for all of it. Um, yep. And this scene, when we're down there, we're meeting them. This is when we learn um, a really key, important part. Namor says, in his origin, he was born a mutant. Yep. Mm-hmm. First Second time it's been reference. uttered, right? Or no, Miss Marvel was first, right? We have two now. Yeah, we have two. Miss Marvel, and we have Namor. I believe. I like Ms. the way they played Ms. on his Marvel's name. First. Is the without love. Well, no, yeah, child without love. So wait, he was the first one to say I'm a mutant, basically. Whereas yeah. Miss Marvel, she was a yes. mutation. Mutation, yeah. yes, it's true. So <laughs> this is literally the first use of mutant in the MCU. Yes, the term. Uh, yes, specifically. In yeah. the, in and the and terminology, in the books, we will surely see. In the books, he is one as well. He is the first mm-hmm. mutant. Um, mm-hmm. There was a little back and forth about is it Apocalypse or him, but I think Marvel officially declared that Namor technically becomes the first mutant. Interesting. Um, there's lots of retconning back and forth on him and Apocalypse. Of course. Namor. Yeah. Yes. Definitely mutant. Um, yes. Ch- um, Namor stands for Child Without Love, which I thought was an interesting thing. Um, I, I love that the Spanish priest gives it to him. <laughs> yeah. After that them scene all. when he like as the child floats up is such a it's such and a that guy was just like oh it's a demon it's a demon you know? also kudos to marvel for fully going like we're gonna do namor we're gonna do namor and we're gonna like 100 percent comic book feet. accurate thing and give him the wing feet like the fact that they gave him the wing feet, I'm just like, well, it's a mutant. It's, I mean, it's their first yeah. introduction to mutant. Also, is, later on, they will, one of those things will get ripped right off him. Yeah. Which I have a feeling will just magically grow back. I, by the way, that later, that later scene when they derive the understandings of his powers uh-huh. about the connection to water, I thought that was a pretty brilliant little under, like, undertaking. That's a good explanation. And, um, and sure, oh, finding that out, I was like, oh, nice. Oh, it's a great play. Like, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're just going to drain yeah. him of water. Um, the perfect way to take him out. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to I want to point out, we don't have to talk about long, but the um, Ramonda Okoye scene. Oh. The When I needed you, you stood by the other guy. Oh, Angela yeah, Bassett she dropped, did she the drop. She drew out killed the Killmonger situation from the first movie. That was pretty, that was harsh. This is what Angela Bassett doing the thing that like is everybody. This is everybody why knows. Angela Bassett was robbed. Yes, yes I agree. She was robbed. No she offense to Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, amazing this, performance there too. Amazing performance, but when you do the two together, I have to say I think Angela Bassett was the take better that role. scene. Take her speech at the UN before that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just all arguing. kinds of. I'm it. not arguing. 
And yeah. then her death, her death saving Rui, making that yeah. sacrifice. My that's, that's what I was going to talk about next is the fact that she dies saving someone else. Yeah. And it's such a beautiful yeah. moment. I mean, it's sad, obviously, but it's a beautiful moment of that's who she is. That yes. was her character. Um, she could she have lived and died by her die, essence. But... I mean, she lived and died by the essence of who she was. Yeah. Oh, you know? such a. She never betrayed it. She never turned her back on it. She was dedicated. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a, hero, that's a hero's death right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you such know. a beautifully well-written and not character. Seen. The first time I saw that, it surprised me because it seemed like she made it, you know? Mm-hmm. They well, they got up. both of them and only one of them is revived, you know? Exactly. Yeah. It's such a, God, it's such a good, good scene. And then Riri has to go through the grief all over again. I don't I don't know how she Here's pulls Shuri. through, honestly. Shuri, Shuri, Shuri has to go through the, yeah. yeah. I yeah. don't know how Shuri she, I don't know how she went through it again. I mean, I don't know how I'm well, going to I mean, that's it, how we get that's guess. how we get to the end of this film. Mm-hmm. I mean, we get to this film because there is that moment when she does finally replicate the heart-shaped herb. Thanks she to trans- Namor. Yes. Because if he hadn't given her that bracelet, yes. she wouldn't have she figured it that. out. And then she uses that. And then, of course, she goes to the ancestral plane and she meets Killmonger. And we mm-hmm. don't find out later until what she actually told him. Yeah. Which, I thought that was an interesting hide to the audience we're not allowed to see that until later i thought that was an interesting how at that point she was truly giving into her demon she was giving over to the anger of it all she was allowing herself to be consumed by it the way that her brother had avoided she was falling down that trap you know Mm -hmm. into the trap of anger and rage that can consume her and i'm very happy that she does get that vision at the end yeah. When she is stabbed and she's having that near death moment herself, her mother finally comes to her and reminds mm-hmm. her of who she truly is, that she is not this anger. She is not this vengeance. This right. is not who she really is. That was who Killmonger was. Mm-hmm. You know, right. he was the vengeance. He was cons- he was already too far consumed by it. I mean, so it drove his are, every right? it drove his every move from the moment his father died until he died. That was all that drove him. Everything he did, and I think what you know to touchstone on something. A side note here: that interesting depiction of him in What If is so well done to show exactly how he would play it. That's mm-hmm. still the same character there, just intervening at a different time, doing a different thing, still with the same aims, the same goals, just getting to it differently than he did in the main timeline. You know, because in that one he had befriended Tony Stark and chose a different path. But you know, right. right same thing but i think it's just fascinating to see how all of that worked out with him and that character in particular um but then how that influences her there's that that, that those pulling forces with her and that in the middle of that battle with namor you know who is she really going to be is she going to become like killmonger or is she going to return to who she was who her mother believed she was mm-hmm. you know and in that combat that test of wills and it depends on, you know, where she is and, you know, that moment she chooses to spare Namor. Right. The way that her brother spared Zemo, you know, she's sparing the killer of her own, pa- of her parent, you know, but yeah. by doing so, she is doing it in a way that in a sense is more about redeeming her soul, you know. Such a, God, that the uh, the there's growth, a lot of complexities it's so yeah the it's growth beautiful. of complexity that she has to 
the character goes through first off, but that the actress has to actually play mm-hmm. and do it so finely that it pays off so well. It's it's remember it's also that Mbaku says you are no longer a child because what you have gone through you cannot be. He yeah. says that at her mother's funeral. Mm-hmm. That's in the, and that's a weird way of him showing her respect. Right. You no, know, but also making her realize that she's at a choosing point. Mm-hmm. What is she going to be now that she is in a sense an orphan? She is, you know, by herself. She has to yeah. choose. She is no she can no longer be a child. She has no parents. Yeah. You know, she has I mean? to choose. Are you going to be are you going to follow the path of your brother mm-hmm. or are you going to follow the path of your uncle? Or like cousin. You don't, or cousin. cousin. You yeah. don't you don't have you don't have the choice. You have to pick one of these two paths. The light side or the dark side. Basically. Choose wisely. Ooh, um, yeah. And she straddles that line until the very end. And then she chooses wisely. Well, that's the that's the tension point that's running in that combat with Namor. Yeah. You know, that's that string that's being pulled as taut as it can be. Yeah. Is it going to break, you know, mm-hmm. or will it release? You know, that's what's going on. You know, I could imagine like you just flick a cord and you're like waiting to see if the string breaks kind of thing. Yeah. That's how how tight that whole sequence is, you know, the combat where everything's going well and then everything's not going well. And then she's at a point of conflict where she can kill him. But the very likelihood is that those her, his people will for kill what? her yeah. and yeah. kill all her people. You know, she has to make a choice for life, not yeah. death. And she in the moment chooses wisely whether that will be the case in future movies well, because I, think... I have a feeling that'll be that could be mm-hmm. an easy storyline to play with her of you might have saved him there to save your people but that consequence or that that action had a consequence mm-hmm. that you couldn't see and it will destroy wakanda I don't know about that exactly I don't think I, we'll think, destroy I wakanda. think it won't I, I don't know I don't work... think it will destroy it, but I mean like it could well, lead to raise the, the stakes. Yeah, yeah. It, it could war. create its own um, Ragnarok right. that yes. she's got to find a way to get out of. But I think the the true moment of of passing through this mm-hmm. comes at the end of the film, right? When she goes to Haiti, yeah, and she comes to see Nakia. She comes to burn the robe, her mother's more the morning garment for her mother, mm-hmm. and she is revealed why Nakia left. Yeah. Which has been left in the wind the whole film for us. And of course, it comes to the fact that what it is is that her and T'Challa had a son. Mm -hmm. His name is also T'Challa, which gets revealed to her, which is, I think, the moment when Shuri finally points to the acceptance. And of course, that comes back to what Eric was saying about the breeze. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. she has the moment of sort of wholeness of -hmm. coming back together as a person that she had was in pieces this whole time. And and it's a, uh, I, I don't know if this is what Ryan Coogler was thinking of when they wrote the movie the way they did and they named um, the son T'Challa. I'm sure Marvel was thinking about it in the back end somewhere, but brilliant move for them to name him T'Challa because when he grows up, you still have T'Challa as the Black Panther. Mm-hmm. They they kept they kept the character alive. The actor died. Mm-hmm. They in a way kind of did recast him with well, a son 
they did the grow tr- up to be the child. Like they did what all what all children are here to do. They are here to replace us one day. They are and here I, to, I, su- to be our successors. You know, and it's it's so beautifully done the way they they handle it. Um, and also whoever cast him, amazing job because you oh, picked yeah. the <laughs> cutest child. That child is adorable. His smile. I dare you to watch that movie. Watch okay. his smile if and that not kid, smile yourself. If that kid murdered people, you would not want to send him to jail. You'd want to just like, <laughs> yeah. oh, you're you're okay, man. Okay, yeah, you're, you're, you're cool. You're like they're adorable. Like I hope cat. Like kudos, casting director for sure. Um, for that. All right. So the days saved. I just want to. Um, one of the things that they leave off in this, um, is. Riri goes back home and she doesn't get to keep the suit. Um, yeah. Which she seems okay with. I'll be curious. She's going to build a new one. Let's be honest. Absolutely. Yeah, she, will. she will. Absolutely. I mean, she knows how to find vibranium. Yeah. She's gone find her own vibranium. And she probably she taught use her how to use it. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Oh, she, what if she goes out and finds adamantium? Mm. Hey, there's Ooh. that weird thing sticking out of the, uh, the Indian Ocean. I know there's this big fucking <laughs> celestial thing that's just sitting there. By the way, that's uh, starting to become a meme that's being passed around about phase four versus phase five. <laughs> about what? Phase four and phase five, where there's a joke going around where they keep memeing the fact that what about that thing in the Indian Ocean? Don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I mean, I am convinced the rumors are true about Cap Four and Thunderbolts, and it's all going to be about the the celestial. In the is middle that, of the ocean. In the middle of the ocean is that the when she turned the celestial to stone or rock or metal, whatever, she created adamantium. And Val is going for it because it's out in the middle of the water. It's not anyone's land. It's up it's for God's grab. water. <laughs> yeah, anyone can get it, whoever gets there first. And Val is going to want that adamantium, and that will become Genosha. That's how they'll bring mm. Genosha into the world and that makes logical all that makes logical sense and tracks for me so if you're gonna have the x-men at some point in time you're gonna have to deal with adamantium and getting it into the world true or just don't have wolverine which if you do that ballsy move marvel i'm ballsy in move. let's see how this goes <laughs> i also look forward to reading twitter where's wolverine <laughs> Twitter won't be a thing anymore yeah <laughs> oh twitter's gone already it, it went away today actually oh, it's okay. a, cool no longer there so we future-proofed um, so ourselves good job we future-proofed ourselves. <laughs> so that's that's um that is Wakanda. elon musk apologized it's crazy <laughs> <laughs> that'll never happen in a million years um so that is um, that's wakanda forever in a nutshell ladies and gentlemen i i hope you uh i hope you liked it um Woo-hoo. i mean i, I think it. you, you could... better go watch it yeah, I think if you can't tell, I'm just going to kind of give a slight spoiler. I think we all like this movie. It was all right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was just whelmed. I wasn't overwhelmed. I wasn't underwhelmed. It was, I'm yeah, all right. Whelmed. I will say this. Like, it was good, but there were some flaws. I, I do want to make sure I point out, like, to me, the storyline with Namor and stuff was kind of boring at times. Like, I wanted to, the whole, like, who's the Black Panther and things like that. Like, it picked up. It had moments, but it. Okay, I'm going to mute Eric now. Hold on. Well, <laughs> the moment of finding Riri and kind of all that stuff was was a weird diversion in the story. Well, that's what and I'm saying. You could it. technically cut Riri out of this movie. You don't And because of that, and because of that, the story is a little disjointed, and I think it dings a little bit. 
in a way that maybe the original Black Panther wasn't. They do a lot of things great. They do a lot of things right, but I don't know that it's living up. I don't know. We'll see. No, I I I I I think it's an honest criticism. You can cut Riri out of the movie, shave 40 minutes off of it, mm-hmm. and the movie still works. You don't actually need to know who created the vibranium thing. Just be like, the government did it, boom, you're done. That's right. all you need. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I, I think that's legit. Also, the worst CG in a Marvel film when Mbaku and the other two guys are standing there that behind that green screen, or in front of that green screen. <laughs> Pretty awful. Um, um, what, I was going to mention this a minute ago, and I forgot before I say what next week is. Um, the orig- My understanding, the original script was still going to deal with grief, but and was still going to deal with Namor. Um, it was going to be uh, T'Challa dealing with grief of missing five years of his yeah. son's life. Yeah, that's what Coogler said was the original script. Yeah, and I think that also would have been an interesting story. I mean, I think that would have been made... it would have been nice because it would have circled back to the idea of father and sons, which was a yeah. real powerful theme in the first film. Yeah, so it would have been so nice still to see that transference. Allude- Right, they they allude to it by having the sun in this, but it's not as powerful as it would have been. Yeah, no, I understand. So, all right, next week we got a double feature for you next week, ladies and gentlemen. Ooh, la, la. Double feature. Uh, we will be talking about the hit popular TV show on Disney Plus that every male on the planet loves. She-Hulk. And we will also talk about Marvel Presents. Um, It is the first of the Marvel Presents. Um, Marvel Presents Werewolf by Night, a character that I never thought would ever get created um, onto a TV show. And yet it did. And it introduces um, another favorite character of mine that um, I'll save until next time. But you can watch it and you'll probably figure out which character it is. Pretty giant size. He is giant sized. Um... I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not going to make the joke I was going to make. Um, you can find both of those on Disney Plus. In fact, everything from here on out is on Disney Plus, the exception of the Marvels, um, which is in theater. But I bet you by the time we get to it, it will be on Disney Plus. Um, no, so. no way, no way, it's going to be on Disney Plus. By the you know end. what? You know what? For that, buddy. With that sass, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm added. I'm added two more things to this list. Just because of that sass. Yeah, there there are supposed to be two more things, aren't there? Yeah, I'm adding two more things to this list just because of you. We're adding Loki season two for our listeners. Mm-hmm. And we're going to add what if season two. We we kind of have to. Otherwise, you wouldn't meet your goal. <laughs> I've already met my goal. And you know, <laughs> with all this sass, I want to hear it. I do not want to hear it. All right. All right. Get over yourself. <laughs> um, so She-Hulk and Werewolf by Night, ladies and gentlemen. Those will be out there um, on the big, the big giant size Disney Plus. Disney Plus. All right. So um, final thoughts to, um, I feel like I pick on Eric all the time. So Eric, your final <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> um, like I said, it, a good movie. Um, it had some flaws in terms of just pacing, I think, if anything, but like, Overall, it was a lot of fun. It it was something I definitely watch again. Like it, it's part of a good just kind of storyline. You that say way. that like you're gonna begrudgingly watch it again. No, and your right. your thing's not updated. I upgraded it. 
refresh. It literally just opened it. Did you just refresh it in the last two seconds? Yeah. It's oh, not up. Did you click well, save? I. Jeez. Why don't you go to my <laughs> list while he fixes this problem? <laughs> All right, Eric. Refresh it. Would you like to just go to There it is. Technology. What were your final thoughts other than click the save button? My my final thoughts were it was really good. Talking about it made me realize how great it was, actually. It had some flaws. It 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 dragged at times in terms of pacing. I, I think the Namor stuff was complicating, and it would have been nice to just kind of focus our attention on that. And the Riri stuff was a distraction, but I like the Riri stuff more than the Namor stuff. So it's kind of a weird give and take there. Um, otherwise, it's great. I'd, I'd give it four stars. I ding it a little bit just because, like I said, it gets lost in itself a little bit, lost in its own drama. I might bump it up to four and a half, uh, but either way, it lands at number 11 on my list. All right. All right. Um, what's behind it? Uh, WandaVision, another what's in front of it? Grief, Thor: Love and Thunder, another one. So you hate this coming movie. out of grief? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I want to point out because I couldn't help but be distracted. Um, my copy of WandaVision came in while I was on vacation. Was oh, awesome. you ordered one of those hard copies? So you, you got, got that Agatha Harkness, uh, at, you know, edition. Isn't there like a bonus video on there? That's that's I've seen a breakdown of it. Anyhow, like, uh, uh, all right. So, um, oh John, <laughs> John, I can see John. He's pointing at a clock. John, um, give me your final thoughts for. I movie. honestly like this movie. I just like it. I like it even better since rewatching it. I still think it's a really great movie, and honestly, I I like that it tackled the themes it did. I gave it a pretty high rating. I think I gave it four and a half stars. It's up there. The only thing, it, interestingly enough, WandaVision's right behind it uh, with mine, but in front of it is Loki. So, yeah. Wow, you really, really hate, no, you love this one. I, yeah, I it that, comes in. That I mean, he had it at number 11. I have it at number 7. So Rude. I know. I, know. I, put <laughs> in front of, and I put it in front of Winter Soldier. So I, I said What you are like you wearing? I'm I'm wearing my headset. What are you talking about? Um, all right, that's a pretty good. Uh, We've gone off the reels, folks. Yeah, we <laughs> we're, we're off uh, the reels. Um, where did I put this movie? 131 things on my movie. Or sorry, 130 things on my list. Um, there's a lot of things to like and enjoy, a lot of things to hate. But um, I give this um, four stars. And I put it at number nine on my list. It's just behind Miss Marvel, and it's wow. just in front of Civil War. Um, I enjoy this, um, even with the flaws. And I, I agree with you, Eric. The the flaws are there. Um, I and it's again, I, I like the storylines that they explored. It's just the pacing of it all somehow. Just, just no, I, yeah. Like I said, I definitely agree and um, understand the flaws, but I still, I still like it. There's still something. I guess just the the raw emotion this movie pulls. Maybe I'll change my mind in five years and I'll go this pain. This is painful to watch because it, it stretches too much. But um, I um, I like it. There's something about it. There's something magical about it, and I like the characters. So number nine, number nine. Oh no, maybe maybe I'll go higher up later. Maybe there'll be other stuff that'll shift it around. I don't know, but I like it. Wakanda forever, everyone. Number nine, number nine. All right. 
That's um, I think it's I think it's our our little show here, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. There's there's something we got to do in order to live up to our intro as oh, the number one choice of library recommendations. Thank you, thank you. I'm thrown because we're just doing these one app, these one movie ones. It uh, it definitely throws me, Eric. It's weird. Give me a give me a library. We're gonna go visit Riri in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and look at the Cambridge Public Library today in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Uh, for those of you at home keeping score, you know how it is. Uh, zip code there is 02138. Uh, so the Cambridge Public Library has a storied history, surprisingly. Um, it's got a lot of kind of different architecture stuff. So if you're in the area, look, look it up. Um, you're going to end up being closer to Harvard than you will be MIT. But eh, no one's going to blame you. Uh, so the Cambridge Public Library uh, developed out of the Cambridge uh, Athenaeum. I'm probably reading that wrong because I'm a bad bad person, uh, which was founded in 1849 as a Lyceum public library and reading room with a building on the corner of Massachusetts Avenue, Mass Ave, uh, and Pleasant Street, where Cambridge residents could borrow books at the cost of $1 per year. Uh, so the city of Cambridge itself, though, acquired the Cambridge uh, Athenaeum in 1858 and renamed it the Dana Library for use um, as both the city hall and a public library. Forgive me. That was a, a bad, bad moment there. By 1866, the library had moved again to the corner of Mass Ave and Temple Street. Um, and then in 1874, the library became free to the public and was renamed to the Cambridge Public Library. Um, so through the philanthropic endeavors of uh, Frederick H. Ringe, I feel like I need to mention him because they do, um, and the Ringe family, of course, uh, the main branch for the Cambridge Public Library was uh, moved to the mid-Cambridge neighborhood. Uh, so this is really kind of an area of Cambridge that you, you got to be a resident more than a tourist uh, to visit. Um, and so where it was then built in 1888, again, now, at its now permanent residence, which is 449 Broadway. Uh, so the main library here has been located in the geographic center of the city, if you will, uh, since 1889. It consisted of two facilities, the Van Brunt, and how Richardson buildings constructed between 1889 and 1902 and a new addition, which opened in 2009. Um, it is actually quite well known for its architecture, apparently. Uh, so it's so definitely worth checking out uh, if you're in the area. It is a short walk uh, from Harvard Square. Um, so down Broadway from there, um, you can go in any day uh, between one and 5 p.m. Um, and then if you're there Monday through Saturday, uh, you can get there as early as 9 a.m. And I think you can stay as late as 9 p.m. Uh, during most of the weekdays. Uh, but it is open every day of the week. Um, and like I said, it is just a short walk from Harvard Square. It's a little bit further of a walk from your main MIT campuses. But um, for those of you familiar with the area, as probably most of our listeners are, um, it's it's really not a big walk from either. It's a great little area um, for those of you who aren't um, from that area, it's a great place to kind of visit that area in general. It's Harvard Square. It's famous. Uh, you can't really park a car there, though. Um, and so, yeah, that is the Cambridge Public Library, Cambridge, Massachusetts. Yeah, there you go. There you go, folks. Oh, that's I picked it because of uh, Riri and the fact that she was at MIT. So that was what influenced for anyone keeping score there, too. Thank you, Eric. And I, I apologize. I'm off my game. Three I was weeks offended. gone. I was three offended. weeks gone. You forget things. Also, it was much easier when we did two movies um, or twelve movies, as I feel like we did <laughs> some episodes. 
as we did three Saturdays ago. (laughs) We did three Saturdays ago. Man, that was a thing that we did. Uh, (laughs) So join us next week when we only do two things. Uh, One is a nine-episode TV show and then a special. Um, Uh, By the way, Werewolf by Night, for those of of our listeners keeping uh, keeping up with us at home and watching for themselves, are we recommending an official version that we're going to kind of review? the color or the black and white um you can watch either one i suggest if you have not seen it before watch it in black and white um but if you were like me and you've seen it before and you just want to see what the color one's like so you can diss on one versus the other watch the color or flip a coin flip a coin also works i like ask your partner what does your partner want to watch ask your neighbor (laughs) <laughs> yes just randomly walk just up and go ask over knock it's okay knock on doors <laughs> just knock on the door um and if they just say hey what should i watch tonight and if they go porn up go i can't i'm, I'm in, in virginia, virginia. <laughs> 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 well, we both went for the same thing <laughs> it's funny because it's true <laughs> i know you oh. know what else is true what else is true is you can find us on the Instagram at not underscore funny underscore guys underscore presents on the Twitter. Suck it, Elon, on the Twitter at not funny. Formerly known pod. as X. <laughs> the blue sky, the not, not funny guys on the blue sky. And uh, you can find me on Twitter, Vash underscore Maxwell, letterbox Vash Maxwell. Um, you can find me on Blue Skies, Casey Franklin. I forgot to mention, you can write in and ask us questions, comments, concerns at the uh, at notfunnyguys.offthereels at gmail.com. Eric can be found only on Letterboxd as Eckley. Um, unless you want to find some hot, saucy pictures, then go to Instagram and hot honey underscore comics. Be careful, he's got an OnlyFans. He's getting ready to set up. It's going to be comic porn only. <laughs> You can find me over on Instagram at esoteric underscore by design. I'm sorry, by underscore design. You can find me on Substack at esoteric by design at substack.com. Uh, you can find me where else? Blue Sky, Arching with a PhD. And of course, you can find me on threads with the same name as my Instagram. So awesome. Well, thank you, gentlemen. Um, I appreciate everything you do for me. So, um, and for everyone else in this world, good to be back. It's fun. It is good to be back. Good All show. Right. Peace out. Bye, bye, guys. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>